you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, this is a creative church podcast, and, well, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. What's up, fam? Chotty here. Welcome to episode 39 of I Crying Corners. It's been a while and I've missed you and I'm excited to be back from the break. We've been kind of like on a break, <laughs> not like Rachel and Ross break, but I've been traveling around with the creative church talking about Jesus and things and I'm excited to be back. I needed some time because I've been writing. I've been writing more. I have a new book idea and I'm writing like mad about the podcast and what next season is going to look like and I've been working. Um, uh, church has been pretty incredible. I don't know if you know this, if you're new to the podcast, I work at Celebration Church in Jacksonville, and there's been lots of cool changes and awesome shifts and what God is doing, and um, and so we're just moving with it, and it's been a really incredible process to learn to shake, to move, to be flexible, and um, there hasn't been a whole lot of crying in corners, but getting it's getting a way to pray. There's been a lot of that in this season, as God is doing a lot of new things, and I'm having to I don't know, process it all. It's been really cool. So thanks for giving me some time to do that. Anyways, I'm back. Let's end this season and be awesome. All right. So if you've been wondering um, what this season about, oh, you know what? Let me go back. Okay. I don't know if you know this, but I live in Florida. And so I'm technically in the middle of a hurricane. And I want to have a little rant about the hurricane that I just feel like I should do. Um, Because, you know, I feel like somebody may feel like they're out there and feeling like they're in a hurricane. And so I feel like I have a word for you. I know that's kind of a little weird, but whatever. I'm a weirdo. Deal with it. So before I jump into this um, season four episode 39 all about breakups and how breakups are a thing um i want to talk about hurricanes it'll take me like three minutes okay so listen up i'm in the middle of this friggin' hurricane so it's it's not the most fun thing in the world um but if you're not from florida and you don't live in florida hurricane season is a really big deal because it's it's when the weather people are gonna spend the next like seven days telling you the worst case scenario stuff that 90 percent of the time never happens so frustrating and they tell you like every like three hours so it's like just really really stressful then people ransack every grocery store for bread and water like we're living in the end times nobody drinks or eats that much bread and water it's just like what are you gonna like what do you i don't know i bought pop tarts anyways every non-floridian or person who lives near water or has an rv evacuates it's just it is what it is and the rest of us just watch and wait and pray and the hurricane always does what it does and it moves off the coast praise god so that's me. I'm just over here watching Netflix and waiting and praying for the Bahamas as they've really gone through a lot. But as we're here, I've been sitting here for the last two days and I feel like God downloaded some stuff about the hurricane. I thought it was for me, but then I realized yesterday as I was writing all this stuff down that my podcast does not come out next Saturday, Friday. It comes out this Friday. So I was like, Lord, you want me to share this on the podcast, don't you? And he was like, I do. Good one, Chotty. Way to listen. So my big takeaways that I feel like are for someone uh, that I have been processing and seeking God about the last couple days is that hurricanes suck. Yeah, that's it. No one wants to sit and wait and watch a slow behind demoralizing storm come their way and threaten their peace. Nope, nobody does. But there's a big but. We need hurricanes. 
uh, as they turn away what is and take us into what's next. Hurricanes actually kick off our fall in Florida. So no hurricane season, no fall. Everything just stays hot and muggy and gross and the winter comes later. It's bizarre. I don't know how to explain it. Storms, hurricanes transition us into the next. And we always know when they're coming and we always, as Floridians, know how to be prepared. And as much as sitting around watching the storm and knowing what is coming um, is annoying, there's a piece about it because we've done it before, we've survived it before, we've evacuated it before. So I say all that to say that I'm not sure what your hurricane is. I don't know what you're literally watching coming your way that has stolen your peace. But I feel strongly that if you're facing a coming storm, you need to know that it's going to churn up a new season, that you, you can get prepared. There's places that you can get prepared and then you can surround yourself with the right essentials. So in a hurricane, we'll pack in tons of batteries and candles and flashlights because we know we're going to be without power. But whatever it is that powers you up, friends, the word, his presence, you need to fill up on that. And finally have peace because God is the God of all things, even the storm. And so I don't know what storm you're going through. I don't know who's out there. Um, I know some of you are like, oh my God, I thought we were talking about breakups. We are. Calm down. But I'm in the middle of a hurricane. So this is my take on stuff about the hurricane and I got to share it. Um, but whoever's out there, whoever feels like they're literally staring at a storm and you don't know if it's going to hit or if it's not going to hit or what it's going to do, but you feel the winds of it. I can tell you that God is churning something up and not to be fearful. Don't be fearful. See everything through the understanding that God is moving. God, I love the, there's a verse in Psalms. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head where it is. I'll tweet it out later or something, but it's like, God is still God, even in the flood. It was like that he's, he's enthroned even, even during a flood. And man, I just, I've been praying that even as, you know, this hurricane just completely pummeled the Bahamas and it was coming up the coast and everyone's freaking out and everyone's evacuating. I'm like, God, you're still God, even in the flood. God, you're still God, even in the storm. And I think whoever it is out there that feels like they're watching a storm coming their way, I feel encouraged to tell you that that's the, you need to say that. You need to be like, God, you're still God over this circumstance. You're still God over my, over my season. You're still God over the storm. And he's still God and God is still going to be awesome. And he's still going to move and he still loves you and he still wants to see you thrive even in the storm and so anyways that's my hurricane revelation you're welcome um let's jump into what you actually came here for which is season four which by the way has been a little bit like hurricane dorian slow confusing for everyone following along on what direction i'm headed but i think it's been pretty powerful uh, if i do say so myself um, but let me do a real quick recap for you guys that are tuning in. By the way, if this is your first time tuning in, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Go to the beginning. Listen to it from the beginning. This is this was way too weird for you. We're six minutes in. This is not how I normally do things. That's a lie. I always do things like this. Anyways, go back to the beginning. Listen to the foundational episodes and then see you in episode 39. Okay. Episodes 30 and 33 were all about living a nomad lifestyle based on my new book, Nomad. I feel like there should have been music there. Anyways, by the by, um, it's doing really well on Amazon and all the different stores and stuff. So thank you to all of you who have purchased it, whether you purchased it on tour or during the pre-sale or whatever. I just want to say thank you. Um, I've so loved getting to meet you guys and chat with you and hear about how God's been using the book and using the message. So thank you. I mean, like awkward hugs, all of you. Um, honestly, if you haven't, um, purchased it yet, please go get it. I believe that God has an incredible message through Nomad and through what God is. I mean, through the stuff that I had to walk through and pretty much, it's just like, if you've ever gone through anything hard, if you're ever going to go through anything hard, you need to read this book. And, uh, 
yeah, anyways, so sorry about the book rant. I just, anyways, I did three episodes all about it. Not why you should buy it, but because why you should live like it. Ooh, that was awesome. I'll go back and write that down. Anyways, episodes 34 through 38, I changed the direction like a hurricane, faux show, and started the things that are a thing. See, last season, for all you newbies, I did the things that are not a thing. Um, all the things that we say are kingdom, all the things that we put our focus on that really we should not. So this season, I thought, let's let's give you the things that you should put your focus on. Uh, let's see, 34 was love is a thing, and then I did struggle is a thing, covenant is a thing, brokenness is a thing, and today we're doing breakups are a thing. Yep, love is a thing, it's the most kingdom thing. You can't be a kingdom person or live in the kingdom if you don't understand that love is your filter for everything. Struggle is a thing, it's something that builds us and pushes us forward. Covenant is how we live and how we love and how we treat others. It's how God intended us. It's family. It's 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 how we do community. It's how we do relationships. Covenant's super important. And brokenness is a thing. I know it's not like super pretty, it's sad, but it's not. Brokenness is actually God uses broken people. It's all throughout the Bible and it's it, it's it's something you're going to have to go through as we live in a broken world and until we get to eternity. So those are all things. Those are all kingdom things, kingdom principles. Go back, listen to them. But today we're going to continue that theme with breakups. Okay, let me take a deep breath. This is a big one. Breakups are needed and God uses them. I could pretty much just stop there and be like, love you weirdos, but I'm not going to. <laughs> they can be messy and they hurt. But I say this as a person who has watched numerous people I love, including myself, walk through horrible breakups and relationships and in ministry and with life. And no matter how much we don't want to deal with them, just like hurricanes, breakups are going to happen and they have to they have the power to turn up new seasons if we let them. They have um, man, if we're just prepared, God can do amazing things through breakups. In the Bible, there's a breakup between uh, a dude named Barnabas and Paul. Barnabas, most people don't really know who he is, but Paul is pretty much uh, the man's man. So you can read this in Acts 15, but for time constraints, I'm just going to give you the Tempestal version. Uh, Saul, uh, Paul, Saul, is a murderous, villainous, grade A religious expletive who murders Christians. That's who Saul is. He's a Pharisee, and he pretty much goes around killing Christians. But God in his love and in his sovereignty and his awesomeness saw fit to use his life, and he wrecks him hardcore on the road to Damascus. He calls him out, he gives him major God purpose, and he changes his name to Paul. Paul is a gangster. He goes on to write most of the New Testament and is responsible for taking the story of the gospel to the Gentile nations of the world. Dude is a gangster. He wrote pretty, pretty much, if you're reading the New Testament at all, th thanks Paul, not the first part, but the second part. He's an OG, and we're thankful that God wrecked him because... There's so much awesomeness that he wrote about and experienced that now we get to read about and experience. So, thank you, Paul. Um, anyways, so there's this little thing in his story. Uh, I like to call it like a footnote in his story uh, that is pretty hot fire. And I love it. It's probably one of my favorite things about Paul. And it was his relationship with Barnabas. So when Paul met Jesus, we find him super hyped up and immediately he, he just starts telling everyone about Jesus. He's like super excited. Um, the problem with that is that he was murdering people like five minutes ago, but now he believes in Jesus. So no one believes him at all and they think it's just a ploy and he's just out to kill more people. Um, and especially in the church of Jerusalem, like nobody believes him anything, even though he's like been preaching the gospel and, but Barnabas vouches for him. 
and um, his acceptance was heavily based on the fact that Barnabas spoke on his behalf. So like Barnabas was like, no, this dude's legit. You guys need to accept him. And um, you can read all about it in Acts 9. Okay. So Barnabas was a believer. He's a bit of an underdog. He was, he was an encourager. Like you don't really hear a whole lot about him except for in those few chapters in Acts um, where he's like, he's traveling around with Paul. And um, so he's, I really, I really respect, he's like one of, I really respect him. He's like one of my favorite people in the Bible. So as the chapter continues, they begin to minister together, like everywhere. They go everywhere. They're like PB and J, a great match, but it's messy when you try to separate them. Ooh, that was awesome. Anyways, so like they're killing it. They're killing the game. They're going everywhere. They're preaching the gospel. Paul and Barnabas, high five. Then in Acts 15, they're about to leave for a trip and it just blows up. Okay. Barnabas wants to take John Mark and Paul does not and prefers to take Silas. So they're about to go on a trip and he's like, Hey, I think we should take John Mark. We can call him Mark for short. And Paul's like, uh, I don't really want to take him last time. Uh, he kind of abandoned us. I don't feel like he's reliable. I'm going to take Silas. And it says that they pretty much had a knockout drag out about it and they broke up and they weren't friends anymore. And it was, and it was bad. And it's like, how do these two dudes who were literally traveling the world together talking about Jesus? Literally, this was such a heated situation. They break up. Okay. Chatty, why are you calling it a breakup? They weren't in a relationship. They were. They're not in the kind of, not, not, stip- okay, hold on, let me go back. Mm. Breakups are not just for people who are married or dating. Breakups are for people. You can break up from a job. You can break, I can't believe I'm having to explain this because people will take this out of context. You can break up with a job. You can break up with a circumstance. <laughs> you can break up with a food that you like. These two had a friend breakup and it was really bad. Paul wasn't wrong and neither was Barnabas. They both had awesome reasons, yet it broke up their band and they, you never hear about them together again. It's like so sad because they were doing such awesome stuff. No biggie. They both go off and they do God's stuff. And later when Paul is down and out, John Mark, you can read it later on, goes on and becomes a great comfort to him. He actually says he's become a great comfort to me, which makes me happy as it shows that it shows me a lot about Barnabas and how he handled the breakup and Um, that's kind of what I want to talk about today, how to handle breakups. Cause they are the thing that, oh man, they suck and they hurt and they like, they have, they just suck the life out of you. And if, but if you can be prepared and handle them with grace, man, you can, you can become a comfort and encouragement to people. So I have, I think only like two really big takeaways from this story. So I want you to just, because I have a lot I want to talk about them specifically. So I just want you to hear them, write them down. And this is what I have. I'm just going to give it to you the way I felt like God gave it to me. And then we're just going to move forward. Okay, so breakups, their thing. Paul and Barnabas, they were besties. They broke up over uh, who was going to take who. And um, I just want you to know this. Like, neither of them were wrong. Okay? Here's the first thing I want you to know about breakups. Anger. Write it down. Write it down. Anger isn't a foundation to build on. It's an indicator that your foundation is being shaken. I'm going to say it again. Anger isn't the foundation to build on. It's an indicator that your foundation is being shaken. See, I find that when I'm angry, it's because there's a core value that's been jacked up. Somebody's been screwing with a core value. Whether they did it intentionally or unintentionally, that's usually when I get angry. Breakups bring out the worst in people and someone um, always leaves either relieved or mad or broken and breakups, they churn like the sea that bashes against the waves on a rock and it's tough to navigate and it's like, 
because it's shaking you. It's shaking a core value in you. That's what, that's what breakups do, man. Because people usually just don't break up just to break up. They break up because either core values are no longer aligned. A few years back, I went through a breakup of a friendship that quite literally left me in the most broken, probably one of the most broken seasons I'd ever been in. So let me say this. Things you're allowed to be in a breakup. Uh, you're allowed to feel and be hurt. You're allowed to feel uh, betrayed. You're allowed to cry about it. Please cry it out. You're even allowed to be mad for a season as you process. But then you got to shake it off because uh, you can't stay mad. As anger, Remember, anger isn't a foundation to build on. It's an indicator that your foundation's being shaken. And that's okay. I'm sure for Barnabas, his core value of loyalty was being shaken as John Mark was his cousin. Yeah, you heard me right. It was his cousin. Can you imagine your best friend being like, yeah, I don't want to take your cousin, but you're co-, like, that's a, that's a major, major core value. And, and, and for Paul, his core value could have been integrity. Like that was what was being shaken as John Mark had left them high and dry. And he saw him as somebody who was unreliable. Both had core values, whether it was loyalty, whether it was integrity, and both had true feelings and it caused them to break up to not minister together anymore. Look, not everyone is meant to see or understand your vision or your goals or what you need in life. It, it's okay to not see eye to eye peop- with people. It's how you navigate that that makes friendships last. And, and it's what makes people be able to navigate uh, differences. Not everyone is meant to... Oh, oh, here's another one. Not everyone is meant um, to mentor or steward the people or dreams. You're called a steward or mentor or hire or see. Like, not everyone... You're not meant to see eye to eye with everyone. You're just meant to love everyone. And I think that's what causes so many breakups. That's what causes so many issues or people to walk away from other people. And it's because you think that everyone... You're not all supposed to get along. I mean, my God, Jesus told... Uh, Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Like, Judas, Judas straight betrayed him. Like, talk about not see eye to eye. Maturity understands that you can feel angry for a bit. You can get angry. But Barnabas didn't wallow in his anger with Paul. And they continued to minister. And the fruit of it was John Mark, who Paul didn't want to minister with because he considered him unreliable. But dude, John Mark at the end ends up showing up and being just the opposite. A great comfort. You know who was called um, a comfort and a courager? Barnabas. That's what Barnabas meant. His name was, uh, he had a completely different name. They changed it to Barnabas, which means comforter and encourager. And you know what he produced in John Mark? A comfort and an encourager. And it's because he didn't stay mad. He stayed productive. He didn't know that it didn't matter that he didn't see eye to eye. He was still going to build fruit. Breakups happen. They suck. But you got to love people and you got to be able to leave them and just move on. And, and, and still produce, you move on and you produce, you move on and you continue to do what Jesus called you to do. Nothing that happens, nothing that, like, nothing should make you so angry that you stop doing the kingdom work. Um, two, uh, I went off a rant there. I'm sorry. Number two, your strength is measured by how gently you let things go, not by how tightly you hold on to things. I've said this a couple times, but I feel like it works here again. Your strength is measured by how gently you let things go, not by how tightly you hold on to things. There was a season a few years back when I kept fighting to hold on to circumstances and seasons, and I ended up being angry like that whole first thing I just talked about. And God was quite literally breaking things away from me. It wasn't, I wasn't ready. I wasn't happy about it. I remember I kept reading Corinthians where love doesn't give up. I think it's in the message. 
and keeps pressing on and keeps holding on. And I kept telling God, I've never, I'm never going to let go. This is what love looks like. I'm never going to let go. I mean, I remember yelling this at God in a parking lot and I felt the Holy Spirit keep telling me to love. So I was like, God, but I'm loving. I I, like, I pursued reconciliation. I did everything you could do till I was blue in the face. And I just remember standing in that parking lot crying and I screamed, God, love doesn't let go. I, I remember yelling that and I felt the Holy Spirit whisper, you're right, but love does surrender. And when things are unhealthy or things are broken or seasons are coming to an end, maturity knows how to surrender it like Jesus did with his life. And sometimes the things we love the most have to be left and we have to surrender to God's plans and walk away. Some of you right now are thinking, I can't break up with this situation or with this person or with whatever it is, whether it's a job or because you're like, love doesn't let go. Yeah, but love does surrender to God and to God's plan and let his will be done and his kingdom come. For some, that may look like a job or relationship or things you feel covenant ties to. And sometimes letting go is harder than it should be. For example, sometimes we make covenant ties to things and people we shouldn't. And then the breakup is messier than it should be. You want to know why Barnabas and Paul were able to break off and still be fruitful? Because they didn't, they, they didn't have unhealthy covenant ties. They were completely covenant to God. They were completely focused on God. And so their disagreement wasn't going to mess that up. They were just like, okay, we disagree. Let's move on. Some of you have these covenant ties and relationships with people, your identity wrapped up in things that are not God. And God is trying to free you up from the loves that have taken his place. And sometimes God will allow hurricane breakups for you to free up your heart from the tyranny of things. So you may need to just walk away and let go. It doesn't mean that you don't love the circumstance or love the person. It just means that you love Jesus and the mission of the gospel more. Look, I know it's hard, but I pray that every break, every single breakup that you've encountered, that you have to walk away, that there's fruit of your breakups. I pray that every, every single time I've had to walk away from a breakup, that the fruit of my breakup would be comfort and encouragement, that my words wouldn't be fueled by anger, but instead by love and respect and understanding that God is even God of the breakups. That breakups can produce amazing people like John Paul. That breakups can produce the gospel-wielding rock star that was Paul. And, and, and that's what I want you to understand. Breakups are a thing, but breakups have the opportunity to produce something in you. And that's why breakups are a thing. They're a kingdom thing. I'm going to remind you again of that story where Jesus took the, the bread of the 5,000. Before he fed the 5,000, he thanked God for it, and then he broke it and deployed it. If whatever your life has in it, whatever God, the potential, God sometimes just has to break it before he can deploy it. It doesn't always seem fair, but life was never meant to be fair. It was meant to be his. And if you're living a life of surrender, if you're living a life of sacrifice, then not only breakups will become a thing, but you'll understand them and you'll continue to produce fruit and comfort and Jesus stuff. Don't hold on to things that aren't meant to be yours. And uh, hold on to Jesus. It's only when the mission of Jesus is at the forefront of our desires that we can learn to love people through seasons and circumstances. And gosh, we can walk away with peace. And the amazing thing is God always in his goodness and in his time restores things in his way and in his purpose. So don't let anger guide you. Let love guide you. Don't hold on to things that should be surrendered and just let God do the rest. Just let God do the rest because I promise, guys, if you can do this thing, if you can do this hurricane breakup thing and understand that God really is just trying to shake things, you won't ever get angry because you'll 
you'll love people through it and you'll produce awesome things in the process and gosh you'll be one of those people that can let go and let God move and uh, that's the type of people we're working to be right at least I am love you weirdos <laughs>